community for decades and we did not realize how different it is than other communities until we started blogging just Mm -hmm. a few years ago Um, and my question today is we just found this when we were in a a music store in Nashville we were there 45 minutes you played like four or five bases nobody ever came up they didn't say hi cat dog when we walked in they never came up in Chicago that was in Chicago, sorry, yeah. not Nashville, in Chicago. But anyway, um, the the question is, why are there so many jerks in the music business? When it came to blogging, people were just open and shared, um, you know, tips, resources, um, and then even each other's work. They would share, you know, our work if we shared their work. I mean, whatever. The whole point is that they were open to that whole experience, whereas in the music community, even with our friends that we've grown up with, you know, for years and years and years, and we're doing the same thing. There's no sharing of just resources, and sometimes opportunities are not even exclusive. As in, if I give you a tip for something that I can't still apply for the same thing, and both of us get the gig. So I don't, you know, again, right. a lot of times we're not even competing for the same, the same type of slot. Yeah. So, so yes, and let me just say too that you know. People being jerks in a particular field is not limited to the music. No, it's not. So, it's not. And, I, and I do think that there is a certain amount of that that happens in fields that are highly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I think you, you'll find that like with people who have gone to law school, yeah, you yeah. know, first year law students, yeah, you know how it gets very competitive because you know people are trying to make sure that they're in a, yeah. they, that's in the top you know, percentage of the class, yeah. you know, at law school. So, you know, there you know, people would hide books and all the rest of this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, like research for research assignments and then stuff like that would happen. So 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 I get that being a jerk it's is not, not something that's exclusive to, music to the business. music business. No, it's right. Not. It's you not. know, and I think that kind of part of it that happens with the music business and I and I said as a person who has who is a reformed jerk, um, <laughs> is that some of it just comes from the insecurity that's a part of being in a music. Band. Oh, I love it. Okay, so that was the first point. The reasons why there are so many jerks in the music business. The first one was being a creative means you're actually pretty sensitive, and yeah. that a lot of times you're putting your art out there, you're already bristled up because you don't know how it's going to be received. So you're already prepared to strike back, even if. You know, nobody's throwing daggers at you. What people are gonna throw daggers at you? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying it's it's inevitable. It's yeah. like if if you're a person that's been in the music industry yeah. and you're you're out shopping your music, yeah. you have been rejected. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I, I I can say that you know pretty much probably saying for a hundred percent of people who have shop stuff yeah that you have been rejected and it's not like selling a vacuum cleaner because this is your personal heart your soul a lot of times that you have put on the line right so this is you exposing like yourself it's not again something like a vacuum cleaner or a car where it's like i didn't make it i didn't come up with the idea for it but i'm selling it so if you reject me selling it i don't think you're rejecting me but it's also different too in the fact that nobody ever needs music Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, so meaning that that music is something that you can't say, okay, there's that actual need 
before right. yeah. per se. Yeah. You know, so many of that. Let's just say I did build a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I'm selling a vacuum cleaner. I go to someone's house. They have two vacuum cleaners yeah. already. There's no need for my vacuum yeah. cleaner. You know, whereas I'm saying with the with the music, it's it's always the type of thing that either people don't like it or they like it or they're apathetic about it. Yeah. But if they're um, don't like it, apathetic, lukewarm, then automatically for the the creator, mm -hmm. you start saying, okay, why? Right. What's wrong with my stuff? Right. Where yeah. you are feeling like you either, you know, are apathetic, mm, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. And so then that automatically brings in a thing. There's something wrong with it. Right. it. It's defective in some way. So either the hook is not strong enough, this is not strong enough, it's not a good enough song, it's yeah. not this. We've heard all this stuff. Yeah. That's just not good enough. So you're always in this situation where you're trying to be good enough, mm -hmm. you know, in order to gain acceptance. Yeah. And even for people who are successful in the industry, mm -hmm. you're only as successful as your Ooh, last hit. I love it. So, so that's the same thing. That's one of our next points is that you're only as good as your last success. Right. Um, if you've never had success, then you're really going to be insecure. Right. So I'm thinking about, again, just, and I'm not picking on people who just work at music stores, but... There's one brand in particular, we won't name names, that whether we're in our hometown or whether we go out of town and go to that brand of music right. store, I think there are musicians who work there yeah. and they have treated us like... like. But I but I think that's more of a corporate culture. Yeah. We've been other places where that's not the case and there's musicians that work there too. Yeah, so, that's true. So I, so I, I kind of attach that to that particular company's corporate culture. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just like, and, and, and I, I do that to say that that's like if you go to a dealership Yeah, or whatever that's true. Else, that's true. And you'll find some are friendly, some are not. Yeah. And I just kind of attach that to that particular company's corporate culture and that's probably okay. why they're and staring at bankruptcy but right like, now today. So, but but um, like you were saying, you're only as good as your last success even if yeah. you were a person that was successful. So that always puts you on kind of guard. It, it, it does. It, it, it kind of puts you, it, it's sort of like like, you know, they're talking about the story about Michael Jackson. So here's Michael Jackson and Jackson 5. They're leaving Motown Records, right? And the Jackson family, I should say. So they're leaving Motown re Records and, you know, a guy who works for CBS Records say, okay, I signed the Jacksons. And Walter Yentikoff was like saying, what, that cartoon group? Oh, wow. So, so here right. is, you know, yeah, I mean, Michael, right, yeah. had all this type of success. So now all of a sudden, what they have to prove themselves. Yeah. You know, Quincy Jones, uh, Michael Jackson wanted Quincy Jones to produce Off the Wall, right? Mm -hmm. um, they were saying, no, we want to get somebody else, get Maurice White, get oh, somebody wow. else to produce it. Why? Because Quincy Jones, he doesn't do R&B, he does jazz. He won't know what he's doing. Oh. So here's Quincy Jones. Right. Right. Track record of producing uh, Frank Sinatra. He's done film scores. He just did The Wiz with Michael Jackson, all the rest of the kind of stuff. They're questioning whether or not he can produce his record. You're going so, on to our next point. When you get to that, I'm just saying that to say that. When when you get to a point where you're always mm -hmm. having to prove yourself, yeah. I think it does bring a bit of jerkiness it out It does, yeah. I, I guess I can see that because yeah. that's the way it is on my day job. I like to be trusted if you hire me as right. a professional. All right, so that next point that you said about Quincy Jones. Yeah. That's the next point about why so many jerks in the music business. Qualifications don't guarantee success. 
you can graduate from Berkeley College of Music, right. but it doesn't mean that you know anything about writing hit records or making no. the next big star or anything. It, it never will mean that. And yeah. so you're always, again, you're always kind of, you know, chasing that next success. And then I think that's the same thing, too. It's like you could be, you know, on top of the world today, and then you're not tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and, and then all of a sudden, all that sweat equity that you thought you kind of built up, it's gone. Yeah. It evaporates. Yeah. yeah. And it evaporates very quickly in this industry. So sometimes that may bring animosity for those that come behind you. Mm -hmm. Because you're trying to hold on to that spot. Mm -hmm. and you know, why are you trying to hold on to the spot? Well, you got, you know, a certain standard of living that right. you used to wow. kind of, you know, keeping up. And so to the extent that someone else is in the spot that you used to occupy, yeah. they're taking food out your mouth. Yeah. So it might make you a jerk. Yeah. So I get it. It's not good though. It's not fun. All right, so another reason why, we kind of talked a little bit about this already, why there might be a few more jerks in the music business is um, there are a lot of quote-unquote failed artists who end up being like executives or working in other areas where they're gatekeepers uh, for the music business. We've run into some journalists, some other people who they really wanted to make a success with their music, but then they end up doing this other thing. Right, yeah. And that a lot of times... You're the talent, and that can kind of breed a little bit of like, why you and not me? You know, type yeah, it, of it could be, yeah, and and it could be some of that thing too that kind of goes along with the dues paying thing. Is that hey, you know, I had to go through these things yeah. in order to make it to where I am, and now all of a sudden you are gonna bypass all this stuff and just get right here. No, yeah. you're not. I feel like, hey, you need to pay the same dues that I pay right, right. in order to get to where you are. Yeah. So, you know, they almost look, may look at it that you haven't gone through the trials and tribulations that you need to to take this rite of passage, right? right. You know, and so in that way, they might be a jerk towards you because yeah. they feel like it's their duty yeah. to be a jerk towards <laughs> to, you. To put you through the train. And, and, and through, through what they had to go through in order right. to get to where they are, you know. Yeah. So I think, and, and again... I don't think that this is something that you no, need I do not. to the I, music this, industry. As far as that goes, you know, I, I think that there are probably other professions that have the same thing. Yeah. If you're in, you know, the corporate world and somebody sees that you are ascending up the corporate ladder a lot quicker than they did, yeah. you know, um, you're on the verge of being, you know, CEO and you're only 35 years old. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for them, you know, before they even got considered for that, they were like 50-something. Yeah. You know, there could be a certain amount of animosity about that. Yeah. And I, hey, well, you didn't have to pay the bill. You didn't have to do what you needed to do, yeah. you know. And so you should have to go through this. Yeah, I know about that. Yeah. And then finally, scarcity mindset. There, uh, and I think this might come into play with like people who are, who we've kind of been involved with over the years with with other bands and artists. That people feel like, oh, there's this one opportunity or this this if if I share this resource with you, then that means you yeah. might use it better. You than might me. get my spot. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's yeah, like right. yeah. it, again, it's a world. It's a business. It's they they need more than one. Like you said, even with us. We make music, but we listen to a ton of music. So we don't just listen to our own music. Yeah. So even still, we're in the market for other things. So just understanding that by actually helping each other and creating a community, yeah. that it actually opens it up. I mean, I, I think about Grove Studios where they kind of opened up, you know, themselves to all kinds of artists. Yeah. And now they have built 
yeah. a nice strong network. Now the Instagram, you know, numbers went up because they're constantly sharing other people's, yeah. you know, stuff, and they're hosting concerts and and podcasts and all kinds of stuff. It's only making them stronger yeah. as a business, and not saying, oh well, you know, I. That, that means that you might do better than I do. It, it yeah. seems like that's not, again, creating community is going to help raise everybody up quicker right. than if we're keeping separate and silent in our little silos. It, 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 and I don't know how much this happens, like, in hip-hop. You know, um, I'm, I'm not sure. But I do know probably for people who are, you know, um, African-American from Gen X, then you may have seen this. So, meaning that you you had this situation where, especially for black crossover artists, mm-hmm. right? It seemed like there was limited spots, right, for those yes. type of artists, right? Yes. You know, and you know, and, I, and one person that probably felt like you know he was a victim of this. And probably came off jerky because of this was rejected. Really that was you know, because it, of the right? fact that you know there was during a period of time in the '80s with MTV and yeah, Prince and Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in order to get Michael Jackson's videos played on MTV, CBS Records had to threaten to yank all of their videos yeah. off of MTV if they didn't play. I think it was Billie Jean at the time. Okay. Right. And so. Finally, they played Billie Jean. It was a hit, and that opened the door for Prince. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you got Prince and Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and by MTV opening up the way it did and exposing Prince the way it did, that became the vehicle for him to do Purple Rain. Yeah. You know, about two years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, it seemed like that was it. Right. That as far as black artists appearing yeah. on MTV, that that was pretty much the ones that we saw. Right. Was yeah. you know pretty much Prince and Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, and Rick James was kind of left out in the cold. Mm-hmm. You know, when it came to that, and then later, you know, you saw somebody like Tanister and Darby, and then the hip hop movement hit. All right, right. What do you guys think? We'd love to hear about it. Drop it in the comments below, and. We're still doing Sugar Bet, as you know, so you can stream it everywhere. You can get it from Bandcamp, yes. you can get it from CD Baby, you can get it from us. Uh, we also have the Patreon link if you want to hear it on vinyl. Yes. So again, stream it everywhere. Whatever is your choice of streaming services, yes. go ahead and stream Sugar Bet. If you dig the vibe and you want to be a part of the tribe, be sure to subscribe. We're wishing you love, peace, and chicken grease.